What does it take to get a book published? Stick around and we'll talk about that and a whole lot more with our special guest on this episode of Here at Home. Welcome to the Here at Home podcast, a podcast about the people here at McGregor, their stories, their ministry, and their love for Jesus. My name is Mark Bricker, your host for the Here at Home podcast, and joining me today on today's podcast is Tamar Miller. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you back. Back is right. On the Here at Home podcast. Yeah, not often that someone gets asked back again. So yeah, it goes all the way back to season one. Yes. The very last episode, episode 20. Season finale. Raising Boys. Oh yeah, still and doing it. Still doing it. Never ending. <laughs> but we have you back for a different reason. And uh, normally when we start an episode, we give our guests an opportunity for folks to get to know them by sharing a little bit about their past. But we'll just refer people back yep. to that episode. Right. What do you think? I think so. If you want to know who Tamara mm-hmm. Miller really is... Go back, listen to season one, episode 20, Raising Boys with Tamara Miller, and they can get to know you. Get to know me. Yeah, because they need to. If they don't already know you, they need to get to know you. (laughs) But today, we're focusing on, I dare say your new role, because it's not really new, but in some ways it it is, it's coming to light. Uh, Mm -hmm. Your new role is an author, uh, an author that just recently signed... A publishing deal. Is that yep. the correct terminology? Yep. Sounds pretty help, high power. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> publishing deal. You got to sign to a, a publishing deal. Uh, but uh, so we want to we want to kind of unpack that a little bit and uh, talk about yeah. what it's like to go from, you know, having a dream of, mm-hmm. of writing a book or at least an idea. I don't know if it was a dream, but an idea yeah. to now a, a published author or soon to be published. Yep. You have the deal. And uh, yeah. This is this is a book, but it's not <laughs> your book yet because it's not it. it's not not printed it's yet. Very but new. <laughs> would it be about that thick, maybe? It, only time will tell. Only time will tell. <laughs> Hardback, paperback, we don't yeah, know yet. Yeah, it can. Yeah, it could be either or. Ebook. Right. Audiobook. All right. So this story, even though you just recently signed a publishing mm-hmm. deal, this story goes way, way, way yeah. back. So take us back. How did how did the idea for this particular book come about, and yeah. kind of where where did all of it start? Well, really, about ten years ago is where it started. Uh, I just through through life experiences had gotten some difficult news, um, kind of back to back along the way with both our boys and then. Uh, David's mom passing, and someone said, "Why don't you just start, you know, journaling more specifically about the struggles that you're facing as as a mom, as as a wife, maybe in ministry?" Um, and I thought, okay, uh, you know, um, it's not a big deal. I was, I was still teaching women's ministry, and a lot of my writing actually starts preparing for a message to teach. Hmm. Um, and so <clears throat> I just thought, well, I'll get more specific. I'll look at passages of scripture. I'll pray through this and, and just begin to understand maybe a little bit more of, of just life in general through through the, the lens of scripture. Well, about that time, um, and I think even if you remember, you had me join in a group. We used to write some devotionals for the church, mm-hmm, right. um, even some of our women's ministry uh, outlets Blogs. had some, yeah. Exactly. So I was a part of some things like that, but mm-hmm. there was nothing very consistent. Well, about that time, there was a, a sweet pastor's wife, past, uh, Mrs. Janet, and she um, kind of was putting together a, a book for um, that was going to include all these different devotionals 
uh, written by women, specifically pastor's wives, missionary wives, ministry wives, that we're going to be put together for a book to give to women that we're going to be at, an, at the Southern Baptist Convention in about 2012. Mm-hmm. And so she contacted local churches. She was at the time uh, in, in a church locally, which she's moved since then, and, and just kind of word got out. And I said, oh, man, this could be a great opportunity because it was going to be a published book, and you would write a little devotion on So I, I emailed her back and said, yeah, I want to partake in this, even though I wasn't going to be at the conference. And so <clears throat> she said, well, I'm going to give you a passage of Scripture, and then you write a devotional on it. And she gives me this passage in Ezekiel. And what it was going to be about is basically they were looking through all the, the women listed in the Bible, kind of Genesis or Revelation, and they were putting together this, you know, 394, 95-day book. And I thought, Ezekiel, it was on false prophetesses. Oh. And so I was challenged in that. And I thought, well, what does this mean? Am I dishonest? Am I? <laughs> why did <laughs> she give really, me this? Why did I get this? How do I, you know? And it really helped me start to look at... Um, you know, well, how am I perceived? It was it was about women that were perceived differently. They were trying to be someone they weren't. And it really began to help me. We had just gotten a diagnosis for our son that was going to be permanent for a neurological disorder. And I began to go, man, am I always going to be attached to this or this? And now how do I act? How, you know, and so it really challenged me to begin to consider, well, what about women of the Bible? What's, what's that all about? And I began to get so excited about <clears throat> Even in women's ministry, I would say, hey, let's think about a book on women and, mm. and, and specifically the ladies of the scriptures and what they dealt with. And so that's kind of how it developed um, for me to, to come to the conclusion of this book about specifically five uh, biblical wives and mothers. Going back to that devotional that you mm-hmm. wrote um, 10 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. When you had, when you finished that, and you gone through, that's obviously much shorter than a book. Yes. But was there something like a, like, oh, I really enjoyed this process that kind of sparked a flame there? Well, it's interesting that you say that because yes, I thought, well, this is, you know, I guess this is it. You know, I was really honored that to be a part of it and still have a copy of it sits on my desk just as a reminder of the way the Lord has has moved some things around in my life. But I actually ended up having lunch after the conference was done and the books had been dispersed and, and published and all with Mrs. Janet in um she said, you know, I, tomorrow I, w- I really liked how you wrote your devotional. I was like, oh, thanks. Um, and she said, I really think you should consider writing a book. Mm. And she said, in fact, if you ever get to that point, let me know. And I'll, I, I've got people that can help with the editing. Um, I can even, I've got, you know, with our self-publishing, we've got other books that we can publish. And I thought, this is great. Except the problem is, is that it took me 10 years and now I don't know where she's at. <laughs> I haven't been able contact. to contact because she moved away with her husband to do some other ministry and mm. just lost contact. I think numbers changed. And I thought, well, God, I guess that's not. So I, I hope if she ever sees, I will actually thank her for Ms. just Janet, giving, if you're yes, listening if you're to this listening, podcast. You know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's really, I don't know why it took maybe her to say, um, just try it out. Like it, like also I was like, really, I, th- I got something here. And so, uh, you know, I can't remember specifically when I, I decided to have the specific topic, but it definitely, I just started thinking through Could've it. Could have come from that. Yeah. yeah. As, as well. Okay. So, so 10 years is a long time to write mm-hmm. a book. Um, well, you know why it took so long? <clears throat> why? Because I kept putting it down and giving up on it. Oh. I used to, I would just say, this is just, this is a dumb idea. There's just no way. I'm, 
uh, who am I, uh, you know, life changes. And um, I, I just kept putting it down and, and, and walking away, putting so it in a drawer. You'd, you'd work on it for a little while and then mm -hmm. I'm done. I'm done. It'll never be a book. It'll never be a book, except that I just kept coming back to it. I just, when I would study God's word, I would just go right back to that book going, man, that could be something we could talk about in there. And so it just wouldn't, it wouldn't let go of me. Mm. And, I, and I don't know whether that be the, the, the spirit of God inside me or just the word and just, it would not. And then um, what really accelerated the experience in the last couple of years is the pandemic. And I just thought, man, there's just... We're just at a loss with a lot of things. And, and there were women in scriptures that just, they know hard times. They knew when things didn't make sense or when they questioned God or his decisions for them. And and so, and I know we'll eventually get to who the women are, but um, it, it was it was something that accelerated it of life is changing. Right, so you're on and off, pandemic yeah. hits, and you really begin to yes. accelerate this thing mm -hmm. and, and say, okay, yeah. let's, let's, let's wrap this. Yep wrap this up. Well, let's talk a little bit about the book mm -hmm. now. Um, and give us the title and kind of the explanation of where okay. that where that came from. Well, the title still was getting worked out. Uh, when you work with the publisher, and I, I want to, I'm thankful to karispublishing.com that is, that, that, that is taking a chance on me in this book as a new author. And um, I'm, I'm grateful because one of the reasons before I tell you that, that I really was interested, they're a traditional publisher. Um, so they just do things a little differently. Um, but what I'm thankful for is they do enjoy using some of the proceeds from every book that they sell for, for a whole slew of authors to donate to um, develop libraries in, in um, other nations that, that don't have those resources, mm. whether it be donate some laptops or, or some reading materials that create libraries in, in places where kids just don't have as much of a chance right. to learn. And, and, I, and I appreciate that about their ministry. Um, that that was important to them. But it's actually called Odd Moms Out. Odd Moms Out. Um, and, the, and the subtitle is, uh, is God's Redemptive Grace in the Lives of Five Biblical Mothers. And it, my first thing I want to say is it's, it doesn't mean that if you're not a mother, you don't read it, because it's actually not about being a mother. It, you don't learn a lot about me as a mom in this book. You learn about me. I tell some stories, but it really is about uh, the five women that are listed in the genealogy of Jesus Christ, and they were wives and mothers, and um, and that's in Matthew chapter one. And I was just—I don't even know how I came across that. I think I just started um, the, the journey of this book. Actually, was wanting to know more about God's grace. It was not about to learn more about these five women, but that's what it came to where I feel like they're my friends now, you know, from ancestors and foremothers. But it really was, I, God, I want to know more about your redemptive grace because everyone talks about it and it's so amazing and it's this, this and that, but I'm just not seeing it. Like I, I was unsettled with it. And so I, and it was like, I'm going to search this out and I'm going to go to the scriptures. I'm just going to start pouring over the stories and I'm going to see why everyone talks about this and what it exactly means. And and he's been faithful to teach me about it, but it's always been technically, not always, but most of the time through very, very difficult times, not through, mm -hmm. you know, things that you could relate to in a lot of other ways. I, I started thinking about this. Nobody, I, I'm not gonna seek you out if I'm having really good fortune, because I don't really need you to relate to me. Mm. But if you're really having a hard time right. and I'm having a hard time, we, we seek each other out to go, man, I can understand that. You can get through this or, hang on or persevere or different things. And I think that's what happened is I, I started becoming so enamored with the grace of God that 
that was seen that I loved studying Leviticus or numbers or different parts because it helped me see more of, wow, this is, this is where Christ came in the, the Old Testament and in, in the New Testament. And, and I'll go head to head with anyone that says the Old Testament is irrelevant because yeah, no. you don't even understand Matthew 1 unless you go back to the Old Testament to know the genealogy of how the incarnate Christ ever got here. So I just... Just to give our listeners a little bit of a, a taste of this, you gave me a, some of the pre-draft mm-hmm. copy for the Unedited. Book. Unedited. <laughs> but uh, you start with the introduction. The introduction is really good because it sets up what the whole yeah. premise is going mm-hmm. to be about. And you start by imagining if you get this lead that mm-hmm. there is a story about these five women that are all very different, but there's some common thread and you yeah. have the opportunity to sit down and interview these ladies together. And so you say, before you know it, you are facing five unique but courageous women of faith, each bearing the markings of challenging but adventurous adventurous lives, having endured seasons of unplanted change, unplanned change, and unexpected transformation. I should be able to read better. Each one exhibits a radiance of joy and gentle assurance as as if keenly aware of something you are unfamiliar with but will soon find out. As you begin to listen, each woman's story echoes an identical refrain that her life is not about her, but about someone greater with a divine plan, grander than her personal circumstances. More questions asked, additional answers given, and similarities within their stories amid the differences begin to emerge, leaving you struck by the humbled gratitude in their voices as each woman explains how she has been surprisingly impacted mm-hmm. by God's redemptive grace. And a little bit later, you mentioned in the introduction, you say, in this book, you'll learn about wives and mothers whose lives collided with the grace of God and thus resulted in faith and trust in the same God of Israel, despite their less than desirable conditions. And you go on to talk about, about even through their pain and their struggle, how they exp- experience the, uh, God's grace and his promise of redemption through Christ. So yeah, it was a good, good, good setting the stage. And uh, hopefully folks listening now will hear a little bit about that and peak to their interest as well. Um, so from there, you, you spend some time laying some, found, uh, some groundwork before you get to the characters. Explain yeah. a little bit about the, the, the major components of the book, you know, with the, the character study as well as that, that foundational part. Well, the, as you know, most of the book is about like each of these, these five women, Tamar and Rahab and Ruth and Bathsheba and Mary. And, um, you know, it's interesting when you go to Matthew chapter one, you, you expect to see Abraham's wife's name and Isaac and Jacob, but they're not mentioned. Mm. They're still a part of that genealogy. And so to have five ladies, it, I started thinking, man, most of these ladies only were included in the the. the the Judean Judahites um, lineage of Christ through marriage. And then I started thinking, wow, I only became a miller through marriage, you know, mm-hmm. but now I'm a part of this family, um, not because I did anything, but because I was asked to be a part of it. Mm. You know, I was chosen, if you will, <laughs> you know, and, and I said yes, you know, to that, that gift. And, um, and so then you start thinking about the children that they had and, and different things. So most of it is about looking at each of these ladies' lives, a specific pain, and I include the, the scripture references in there so that if you're reading it and you don't have access to the Bible, you can still look through mm-hmm. some of this, these passages of scripture. But I thought that if I'm going to look at God's redemptive grace and the lives of these ladies, I really have to explore what this grace is all about. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it's 
it, I almost, I, it, it's, it's a running joke that I over explain things and, and it's almost no. like, yes, what? I do. And I ask too many questions and, um, but it's just me kind of trying to explore all the different elements um, of that. And, and honestly, when, when I started even before I even got to where I was going to start looking and picking apart and, and researching these ladies' lives, Really what God brought me back to was a passage in, in that, that the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15. And if you're familiar with that passage, it really is, is Paul's laying out the case for why the resurrection is so important to the gospel message. And it's the most thorough probably chapter in, in all the New Testament on the case for the resurrection of Christ. And as I'm looking through this passage of scripture, I thought, hmm, he talks a lot about God's grace, but it's interesting. He really doesn't see that he should be worthy of being an apostle. And he talks about all these other people got to truly see the resurrected Christ. I had to see him in, in a bright light on the road to Damascus when I was in rebellion, ready to kill some more people or arrest them for following Christ. And yet I still ch was chosen for a life that I sh didn't deserve, which was to to preach the word, to teach the word, and, and, and to tell people about the gospel of Christ. And he uses this little verse in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, and it says, by God's grace, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not ineffective. That's actually the Holman Christian Standard Bible version. And I thought, in, the grace that is not ineffective, effective grace. And I kept going, effective, how is grace effective? You know, what does that mean? And that really was a verse that I just took a hold of and thought, I got to figure out this effective grace. And that's, you, throughout my book, I use that phrase a lot, the, the effective grace of God. Um, I think if other translations say it was not, the grace is not in vain. But in the end, it was like, I don't, anything that I am at this point is by the grace of God. I, I have nothing to do with it. Yeah. Because he chose this, I'm suffering for Christ, but I can't imagine my life being any different than to suffer for the cause of Christ, and it's because of grace. And I got to keep going back to the effective grace of God. It's sufficient, all of these things. And so I kind of take that and, and, and explain that throughout the beginning so that when you get to the ladies and study their, their stories, you understand what I'm talking about with grace because you're dealing with so many Old Testament stories mm -hmm. um, that that you don't necessarily see the word grace as much in the Old Testament, more mercy, faithfulness, you know, steadfast love, but you really see how they were chosen even though they weren't deserving yeah. of that. So really you take your reader on a little Bible study. Yes. Uh, initially to set yeah. that, that groundwork so that as they study along with you those five ladies, yep. it just perhaps explodes in a, right. an amazing way of understanding yep. for them better than perhaps if they had not gone through that initial Bible study yeah. on God's effective grace. And, and you know what's tough is I think also another reason I set this, this study down a lot was because it was a Bible study for me. Mm. Um, because there's if you were to look through Amazon, all the books available on the genealogy of Matthew 1, there's a slew of writers and authors that have already been there, done that. And um, I kept going back to the Gospel of Luke, that, and he would go, you know, I know a lot of people wrote about the Gospel, you know, and, and Christ's life, but I'm just going to tell the story too, and it might be a little different perspective, and, mm -hmm. and we appreciate that with all the different Gospels, the four mm -hmm. different Gospels to tell about Christ's life, even into Acts, they're all written a little differently by different authors, but it's still the same story, and so... I really hope when, when, when women, and you don't have to be a wife or mom to still appreciate the study of God's Word of these other women, 
can appreciate that really I hope to bring it back over and over to no matter who you are, what your story is, God's grace can redeem your life and in, in, in your story and point it to Christ in his gospel message because that's what each of these ladies' story is meant to do. It's to show the redemptive grace of God and then it points back to Christ and his redemption. Is that the purpose for writing this book? Yeah. You wanted, wanted obviously, ladies maybe first, but yeah. really anybody anybody that reads it to be able to yep. to see that in their own lives. Yeah, and that was really something in our life group um, here at the church is, is we try to look at the passages of Scripture and go, okay, how does this point back to the gospel? How does this point to Jesus? Even if Jesus' name's not mentioned, even if you're not, you know, have to pick it, how does it point that every book of the Bible that you read is going to tell ultimately his story right. as the hero, the Savior, the, you know, that... that that the faith still comes through Christ, you know, uh, in order to to bring a church family together, to bring this family together, mm -hmm. and it's the chosen, eternal family of God, really is. Who do you hope reads this book? I would love for, um, um, I think a, a woman who. A lot of times, I think maybe she's been exposed to. Um, Christianity, maybe she's been exposed to some religious experiences, maybe she's been exposed even to a Bible study or two, maybe read some passages, but just really too wants to figure out what is this whole, this grace thing about? Why do we keep talking about Christ and gospel and the grace? And really, right now, I don't see anything worthwhile to live for, or I don't, I don't even understand why you would get together and want to study God's world. Really, what's this, the relevance of this book to just Truly take a chance and and maybe be able to begin to have a connection with one of the, the ladies that they might relate to. I mean, some of them have lost children. Some of them were, you know, started as barren. Some had lost husbands. Some had been involved in it. You know, one was involved in adultery. One was involved in a, a former life of prostitution. One was, gosh, had an incestuous relationship. I'm just things that are common today, unfortunately, but that somehow, wow, they're still included in, yeah. in, in Christ's family. Mm -hmm. um, they still had some redemption story to tell. Um, the, all of them were, were influential in a positive way to their, their spouses, you know. Um, I, I hate that that some of them get a bad rap uh, and that and you'll you know hear me right this poor lady gets a bad rap every time people talk about her read the story people read the story and so I think it's really to get them excited about going beyond just reading a few verses about someone and just get to know God through his word by getting to know people in his word, in his word. I mean yeah these ladies did not get to choose to be in their stories in the Word of yeah. God, but they are. So let's study yeah. them. And there's something about a character study in God's Word that you're right, yeah. we are able to connect mm -hmm. because these are real people mm -hmm. with real hurts, real yeah. feelings, and yet still experiencing God's amazing yeah. grace and redemption. And it's a good reminder yeah. for us as well. So yeah, I, I, I agree with that. What is maybe one thing, I know there's probably been a lot, but one thing that really stands out where you say, yeah, God, God used this process of writing this book to mm -hmm. teach me blank. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you said, how did this get started? Well, a lot of prayer and continued prayer. Um, I tried to, um, it was kind of like when you first asked me to be a part of women's ministry as a director and I just started laughing, thinking, <laughs> That's a really, I'm not sure. <laughs> like you saw potential there that I didn't see because I'd never even been in a women's ministry and that goes back years ago, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like 
I feel like I'm reminded, I think both, and I, I mentioned this on the last time we were together on podcast, in, in marriage, motherhood, which are my first ministries in ministry, I have never been more aware of my need for God than in those areas. And I think through this book, the same thing. I, I've just I'm continued to be reminded of my need for God and His Word regularly. Um, not to necessarily prepare to teach or um, or to you know prepare a devotional or write a book. It's just to be in His Word without the distractions. And you know, this has been an interesting process because I've had to begin to think about developing a website. I am not. I don't have a social media presence. And this publishing company knew that going into it, and so we're trying to change that a little. <laughs> get that going because <laughs> you will be able to purchase a book on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and even probably like Target or Walmart's website. And the way you kind of promote the book is to have a positive review. So you read the book, have a positive review. If you have a negative one, be nice about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's really, um, I just I just want to feel like like when women are reading it, it's just like. Man, God really is great, and mm. you know, if he if he loved these ladies way back when and cared for just their little details, maybe maybe he's still that way today. And yeah. and even those scriptures, and just I just like when women just give the Bible a chance and and read it. And like I said, I I don't want people to follow me. I I could care less if you ever remember my name as an author. But if if this book leads you back to God's word, or to get involved in a church, or mm-hmm. or to get involved in ministry, then then that will have been successful for me. Yeah. Um. You know, that's I guess what I look forward to for people. The uh, you mentioned a little bit about some of the changes you're having to adapt. Let's let's talk on a practical level now. Some of the because somebody might be wondering, okay, so she took her 10 years to write this book, but then all of a sudden this, it's published. How does, how does that happen? What's the, what's the process even look like? So let's go, okay. you, 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 you think you're finished writing the book. Right. And I use the phrase think because yep. you're, you technically won't be finished, but you think right. you're finished. What, what, what did you do first to say, okay, I want this to get yep. into a book format right. so other people can read it. What were some of your first steps? Well, I knew since it was going to be a Christian living, women's interests, nonfiction book, I wanted a, a Christian publisher, so I just looked at. I'm, I'm a big reader, and I don't even have a Kindle or anything. I just it's hardback copies, you know. And I just started looking. Okay, who are some popular publishing companies? And I just started googling them and saying, Well, how do you, do they accept manuscripts, un, unsolicited manuscripts, or book proposals and things? And I was finding no. No, 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 no. <laughs> we do not. But what came up was this book proposals, and it don't matter, I guess, what it is, but a book proposals, a Christian book proposals um, website. It's almost like a, um, so the only thing I can relate it to is if, you, if you've developed a, a resume and you want to find a headhunter, in a sense, to connect you with companies that are hiring, then you would you would kind of go through this middle service. Man, the yeah. service. Well, so this is a service to connect new authors or aspiring authors With to publishers, to publishers oh, specifically okay. Christian publishers that have kind of been vetted through a process. And, and so you basically submit a proposal. Well, it was interesting because I realized that when they give you this format for the proposal, I had no, it would be like never knowing how to fill out a resume format. Like I was like, I need some assistance. And so... <laughs> Basically, I I went a little further and, and 
in a sense, hired out a, a, a literary agent with, with editing skills. And, and she worked with me to draft this proposal, which took a few months. And that's just kind of how we we started with that. And then once that proposal was done and she did some editing and looked at a couple chapters, I learned a lot about really what publishers look for in a book proposal, mm. how for a book. So it's not just writing a good book. You got to get a good proposal together. That's exactly right. Because that's all they're really looking at. They're only looking at the book proposal. If you can't, it's 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 described like this, and this makes sense. When you when you get a book, you what do you do? You look at the title first, Mm -hmm. and if it catches your attention, you'll turn it over and you'll read the book summary on the back, or or people's endorsements. Sometimes endorsements will be back there, and if it still catches your attention, then what do you do? You open it. Table of contents. So those are just the pieces that you begin to okay. What's a pitch line? What's a title? Different things that you come and then okay maybe we can okay how's the intro and how's okay do you get to you know certain chapters fast enough or and that's why I appreciate editing teams and wanted to go almost traditional route because you really do have a team of people that you're partnering with helping you and they want to be you to be successful with this because it makes their publishing company successful Mm -hmm. but the the aspect of the theology was really important to me as well, and so I, that's why I went. So that's kind of how we got started, and and honestly. So when you actually finished that whole mm-hmm. process with them, and then actually got out there on that mm-hmm. site for right. publishers to mm-hmm. look at, what happens next? Then at that point, it's available for publishers to to log into that same site on their side of things and look at all the proposals. proposals. And um, you know, they they automatically tell you we'll have this up for six months, and if anyone is interested, they will contact you. And they said, but just be prepared. Sometimes it takes even three months for anyone to contact you. And I said, okay, three months, that's good. I'll just keep working on some edits on my Mm -hmm. manuscript and. We'll just kind of go from there. I've pushed the button. It's out there for people to see. And within three days, I was contacted <laughs> wow. by Kara's Publishing for more information. Hey, yeah. we caught, this caught our attention. Can you fill out a little more information on our own proposal? And that's kind of how it went. And then... Um, Next thing you know, you're signing a deal. I was signing a deal. That's right. They wanted to... So it's... It's gone fast. So what's the, the, the timeline now? And I know we record mm-hmm. ahead of time when this yeah. is aired, but just thinking, what would be the earliest you think this actually would be available for me to go buy on Amazon? Well, there will be a pre-order um, opportunity. I haven't quite gotten those information, but they, if, if all goes as planned, they would love to have the book out by the end of August of this oh, okay. year. Um, but Again, you know, there's little things here or there that that you're working with uh, teams, and they're they're based out of Chicago, but so everything obviously our correspondence is through email and different things. But think I can get a signed copy, maybe of that. Uh, sure. Book? Oh, yeah. Are you gonna? <laughs> My husband, I think, is just ready for it to be, be over. Oh, this is just the beginning, because there are going to be well, book tours book and uh, <laughs> I don't do that signings stuff anymore, really. and just yeah, around here. <laughs> get your website up and running, and next will be a blog and yeah, Instagram yep. account and uh, your TikTok gonna, channel and. Uh, <laughs> who's who's going to take care of all that? TikTok, my my Because my you're going to have sold son. have sold so many books. Oh my! I don't be hiring know. out the whole a whole social media team. It's it's it goes back to. I'll have I'm, to contact I'm, your people even yeah. to get you on the podcast next season. <laughs> It'll be like, I don't think we can get her. Christian, you think we can get her now? My, she's, nope. She's, my we'll have to go through like grounded. four agents and. Uh, <laughs> 
just to get no. to the famous author no, Tamar Miller. No, it'll be no. I'm not quitting. All right, is there last? My here's my last job. last question. Uh, is book number two? Have you okay. got an idea? I do. Lots of ideas. Is that a is that something you're willing to share at this point or? You know, I, not yet. Not yet. Uh, okay. But I have already been asking. I'll ask you. I mean, I'm. What do you think? I should. You know, who should be my audience? Who should be? What kind of a topic do you think? Ooh, I. Ooh. You know, I, I've been asked by this. Like who? And they and they said, well, why don't you? Technically, you do have to have a target market. And there was kind of a group age group between 30 and 40 years old. And you had to get real specific. Oh, I guess they'd be a wife or a mom. But honestly, I I wasn't satisfied with that even because I really thought. Just pick it up as a woman if it just catches your attention and start reading it. And I think what about I got an idea for you. Okay. What about a devotional? But it's you know one for every day. But there it's these pithy, unfiltered Tamar Miller devotions. (laughs) Just real. Apparently, I need to have discretion with transparency. Yes, Uh. that's right. And you'd have trouble with that. No, I'm just kidding. Well, and then I'm working on it. But that might be the the lure of this book is it's just raw. Hey, we all hurt, we all struggle, but have some funny in yeah. there as well. And and you know that has been brought up by more than one person about having almost like a companion um, devotional for it, yeah. or you know that not a full blown Bible study, but just a companion devotional. Because people like bite sized things, yeah. and uh, that's part of the charm, I guess, of a devotional is you know they don't know what to yeah. maybe do with their time in the lo- alone with the Lord mm-hmm. and the Word, and so they can give them a starting point, but yeah. also just and I appreciate that with the short yeah, short so things, we'll, right? We'll have to wait and see, huh? And so it's 2020. So 2032, is that uh, book number two coming out? <laughs> I hope it doesn't take me that long. Uh, let's hope not. I know. Okay. Cut it in half, five years. I think. <laughs> 2027? That's progress right there. All right. I think this wraps up uh, this episode of uh, Here at Home. Thank you, tomorrow for joining us and uh, being a part me. of... Uh, Maybe next time I'll have the book. Uh, yes, absolutely. And we want to thank our listeners uh, for being a part thank of our you. Here at Home podcast. And uh, you listen to the Here at Home podcast now? Every once in a while. Every once in a while. <laughs> I'm working on it. I keep... I, I, so so last night, somebody wanted to... You know, we had uh, Pastor Holbrook on. Oh, and somebody's like, I haven't, you know, I don't know how to have a computer, blah, blah. I said, you have a cell phone? Yeah. So yeah. I just said, well, let's pull out your phone. And I pulled it out for him. And I, oh, I didn't know I could watch it on my uh, my phone. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. So I don't know what your excuse is. But <laughs> <laughs> I forget. Yes, well, I we forget. do thank those that are listening and watching <laughs> and encourage you to uh, subscribe if you haven't already and like, give us a review. And uh, again, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you back here at Oh, my God.